Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. One of the things that trials and difficulties do in our lives is they, they make us more compassionate and kind and humble and loving. I think it was Oswald Chambers that said, you have no idea what that person is going through. And if you could but walk in their shoes, you would be kinder to them. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ephesians. As Pastor J.D. will warn us in today's message, when we ask God to teach us kindness and compassion, we may not like his method of teaching. Sometimes God will allow less than favorable circumstances that can help us sympathize with those that we may struggle with being compassionate towards. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of this broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ephesians chapter 5 with part 2 of his message, The Source of Love. What is it about certain people like this godly mother Spurgeon refers to that would cause the world to say they've been with Jesus? In a word, love. Love. It all comes down to and is predicated upon love. Love is the test by which we'll be known as believers in and followers of, disciples of Jesus Christ. Listen to what Jesus said in John's Gospel, chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. He says, A new command I give you, Love one another as I have loved you. There's the source again. As I have loved you, that's the source for you in turn to love one another. So you must love one another. By this, listen, everyone will know that you are my disciples. And he says it again. If you love one another. That's how they're going to know. Like that song of old, they will know us by our love, by our love. By the way, that works the other way too. And I'll explain what I mean. It goes both ways. You don't think that Satan knows that it's by our love one for another that we'll be identified as disciples of Jesus Christ? If that's the test, if that's the gauge by which they're going to know, the world's going to know by our love, one for another, that we're with Jesus, then wouldn't it stand to reason that if it's our love for one another, that we're known as disciples of Jesus, that it would conversely be our backbiting and fighting and devouring of one another, that they would question it? Absolutely. Think about what Paul wrote to the churches in Galatia. He says to them, you know what you're doing? You're backbiting, you're gossiping, you're slandering, you're fighting, you're devouring each other. You're going to destroy each other. 
You keep doing that, you're going to destroy each other. And, and the world is watching, by the way. The world watches us. And they read us like a letter. We are living epistles. How does your epistle read? How does your letter read? If someone is reading the letter of your life, what are they reading? How does the letter of yours and my life read? One of the things that I found myself asking the Lord for in recent years is to make me more loving towards other people. And it's interesting, that's a, that's a prayer you want to think twice before you pray because you may not like the way that God's going to answer that prayer. You really want me to make you more loving towards other people? Have more compassion? Be kind towards others? Okay. And then God breaks you and he humbles you And he brings you to that place where you drink ever so deeply from the cup of his love. And it changes you forever. When you're on the receiving end of God's love for you, at times like that, you can't help but have more compassion and kindness and love and patience for other people. One of the things that trials and difficulties do in our lives is they they make us more compassionate and kind and humble and loving. I think it was Oswald Chambers that said, you have no idea what that person is going through, and if you could but walk in their shoes, you would be kinder to them. If you could just even for one day walk where they walk, you would be kinder to that person. Maybe that's a word for somebody here today. Maybe for a husband towards the wife, or the wife towards the husband. Again, this is where Paul is heading. This is where we're going to be in the weeks that follow. So you have to come back. You can't be not here that day when we talk about this. The Apostle John in his first epistle, chapter 4, I'll read verses 7 through 10, really hits the proverbial nail on the head. Listen to what he says. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Did you catch that? Throughout that is the source for that. 
because God first loved us. And it was demonstrated, manifested, in that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Later on in the same chapter, verses 19 through 21, he continues. Listen to this. He says, we love him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, (laughs) he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Interesting. And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. You'll forgive me for putting this into a formula, but I think it's apropos that I do. If for no other reason, it's a better way to understand it. But see it this way. Forgiven of much equals loves much, which totals obeying much. Let me say the same thing in a different way. The one who has been forgiven of much loves much, and the one who loves much will obey much. That's how it works. This is the how the law is fulfilled in the sense that we love God with all of our minds, all of our hearts, all of our soul, all of our strength vertically, which is the source of loving our neighbor as ourself horizontally. Stay with me on this. Is that not how the law is fulfilled? And does not the law keyword hang on that? Watch this. This is interesting, right? Uh, Interesting uh, even typology. So you have the first five commandments that are vertical. Loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, strength, vertical. Now let's put the horizontal on there, the second five. Loving your neighbor as yourself. It's in the shape of a cross. And until and unless you have the vertical, you can't hang the horizontal. Do you see the source? The source of loving one another as I already am head over heels in love with myself, you'll forgive me for saying it that way, I only do so because (laughs) perhaps you've heard it said, well, I can't really love people because I really don't love myself. Give me a break. You love you so much. And that's what Jesus was saying. (laughs) Love your neighbor as you already love yourself because you love yourself. Now, how are you going to love your neighbor as much as you already love yourself? You need the source. You need the vertical. It's loving God because he first loved us. Notice he comes down vertically, and then horizontally I have the source from which 
to love one another horizontally. Without this, you don't have this. Because what's that going to rest on? What's that going to rely on? What's that going to come from? John 14, verse 23, Jesus says this. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. In other words, if I really love him, I'll want to obey him. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. That's the source again. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. Why would they? Right? These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Now, if you'll bear with me, I want to try to tie it all together because I don't think it's possible to overstate the importance of I've been forgiven of much because of what Jesus did on the cross for me, because of his love for me, and because I have been forgiven of much, I can in turn forgive others of much. And because I have been loved so much and forgiven of so much, I too can love so much in return. And because of that love, I will walk in obedience to the Lord. And an obedient life is a holy life, and a holy life is, dare I say, a happy life. I want to close with what I would argue is the best example of what this actually looks like. It's in Luke's Gospel, chapter 7, and I'll give you a quick backstory. So you know what's going on here. Jesus had accepted a dinner invitation at the house of a Pharisee. As they reclined at the table, a woman with a past, a very sinful past, heard that Jesus was there. So she comes with her alabaster jar of perfume, and you need to understand that This was before the days of embalming, and they would save up all of their lives, what some believe would be the equivalent of one year's salary and income and pay. And they would have this oil for their burial. And as was the custom in the day, they would keep it in this alabaster jar, and this was the oil that would be put on them upon their death. Interesting, uh, just as a side note parenthetically, uh, this woman is about to anoint Jesus for his death on the cross. It gets better. She comes there, she's got this alabaster jar of perfume, She then proceeds to stand behind him, we're told, at his feet, and she is weeping, seemingly uncontrollably. So much so, and she's shedding so many tears that she actually wets the feet of Jesus with her tears. 
Then we're told she, with her hair, picture this in your mind's eye. With her hair, she wipes, even washes the feet of Jesus with her hair and her tears. And then she kisses his feet. By the way, another uh, thing parenthetically to insert here. That's what the word worship means in its orig- in the original language. It carries with it the idea of bowing down and worshiping and kissing the feet of the one you're worshiping. And then she pours this extremely expensive perfume on the feet of Jesus. Wow! Why never? The Pharisee sees this. And, and it's interesting, we're told that he said to himself, in other words, he didn't say it out loud, he's thinking this in his own mind. He's thinking to himself, of Jesus, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is. She's a sinner. <laughs> this is where it gets really interesting. And astonishing even. Jesus reads his mind. He didn't say it out loud. He thinks it to himself. And Jesus reads his mind. He's hearing every thought. That should give us pause. Should it not? Oh my goodness. Reading his mind, he teaches a parable about two debtors. One of which owed his lender Something like, we'll just say for purpose of discussion, $10. That's all. 10 bucks. And the other who owed his debtor, let's say, $10 million. That's the disparity in this parable that Jesus is now going to teach. After the parable, then, he asks this question of the Pharisee. Which one will love more when their debts are forgiven? To which Simon answers, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. (laughs) Jesus tells him that he answered correctly. Then he turns toward the woman and says to Simon, not to her, to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, as was the custom to do when you had a guest in your house. They had walked there with their sandals. Their feet are filthy. And to honor the guests that you had invited into your home, you're going to offer them water to wash their feet. You didn't do that. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. He did not give me a kiss, as again was the custom in that day and even today in the Middle East, in my Arab culture. When you greet somebody, you kiss them on the one side of the cheek and then the other side of the cheek. Sometimes, this was weird growing up, you know, as a kid, I'm watching my Arab family and, you know, these men are embracing each other and greeting each other and they're kissing I'm like, enough already. This is weird. You're freaking me out. 
We don't do this in America. <laughs> but that's how they would greet. It was a, a, a show of respect and, and honor. And this was the customary greeting. You know when the Apostle Paul says, greet one another with a holy kiss? That's what he's referring to. In that culture, in that day, that's how you would greet somebody. And they didn't do that. Isn't that interesting? But this woman, you, you would not give me or greet me with a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. He did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Not my head, my feet. The filthiest part of the body. This is another cultural dynamic that we really don't understand here in, in the United States. But in the Middle East, you never put your feet up when you have guests. And you know the reason? Because you're showing to your guests the filthiest part of your body, not just your feet, but the bottom of your feet, and it is a sign of disrespect. You remember many years ago when then-President George W. Bush was in Iraq, and this uh, one of these reporters <laughs> takes his shoe off and throws it at, at the president, and he ducks and, and it misses him? That is the ultimate sign and show of disrespect. You're taking this filthy shoe off of your filthy foot and you're throwing it at him. Anyway, I just thought I'd uh, mention that. I feel better now having shared that. And listen to what he says. Therefore, I tell you. He's going he's gonna to kind of fill in the blanks now for them, <laughs> particularly for Simon. He's going to explain to him why it is that she did and he did not. Her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. And then he says this, but whoever has been forgiven little, not that he's pointing at him, but he didn't need to. Whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. That's the source of her love. You think she could come in and manufacture a love of that grand and glorious nature? No way. No way. How am I going to love God in that way? Here's the way. How am I going to love you? And by the way, I, I do love you. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? I love you. <laughs> I love you with a love that only God. We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Ephesians. If you'd like to learn more about the Apostle Paul's letter, we encourage you to continue reading ahead. As you do, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the truths and promises contained in its verses to you. You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor J.D. on this book by visiting our website, InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Listen online or download these teachings to have available anytime. We've created a mobile app for Apple and Android devices too, so you can take Pastor J.D.'s teachings with you on the go. Download from your app store or find a link at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out the Mideast Prophecy Update. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies of the Bible. 
He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in His Word. If you'd like to catch the latest edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update, visit our website and click on the YouTube link. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come be a part of our weekly services. Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. We'd love to have you join us as we praise the Lord and learn from His Word. Find out more at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. That's all we have time for today. Pastor J.D. will have much more to share with us from Ephesians when you join us again, right here on In Spirit and Truth Radio. Holy me true. 